Welcome back to Scriptures with Mom and Terry. I'm the mom, Linda Weiniger, and I am going to be reading Numbers chapter 13 to 14. I was looking ahead a little bit and realized that my some more favorite chapters are coming up. So we had the temple chapters that I really loved, and then we have these chapters that I'm loving. And of course, then we have Joshua, which I just have to tell you, I love Joshua 1.9, you know, and it's just all coming together here and all these Bible stories are all like not something I want to be delay delayed on so yeah here we go okay so chapter 13 Moses sends 12 spies to search the land of Canaan 10 of them bring an evil report telling only of the strength of the inhabitants Okay, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men, and were heads of the children of Israel. And these were their names of the tribe of Reuben, Sham- Shamua the son of Zachur, and of the tribe of Simeon, Shaphat, the son of Hori, of the tribe of Judah, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, of the tribe of Issachar, Egal, the son of Joseph, of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshia, the son of Nun, which is Joshua, um, number nine, of the tribe of Benjamin, Palti, the son of Raphu, ten of the tribe of Zebulun, Gadiel, the son of Sodi, of the tribe of Joseph, namely of the tribe of Manasseh, Gadi, the son of Susi, of the tribe of Dan, Amiel, the son of Gamali, of the tribe of Asher, Sether, the son of Michael, of the tribe of Naphtali, Nabi, the son of Vopshi, Vopsi, of the tribe of Gad, Guel, the son of Maki, Makai, Makai, I don't know. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshia, the son of Nun, Jehoshua, or aka Joshua. Verse 17, And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the Lord, what it, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the Lord, or just kidding, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first, first ripe grapes. Okay, so some commentary. The Lord had promised Abraham descendants of Abraham's descendants a very specific land. And that land was 
at the time called the land of Canaan. However, they could not just go there and live because it was already inhabited by other nations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob lived there without issue because they could exist in their tents. But the Israelites were far over 1 million people plus their flocks and herds. Once there, they will dominate the land and use the water and other resources. One interesting thing to know about this promised land was that it was known as a land bridge, meaning that it connected land masses together, making a making it a highly traveled area. To the north was Mesopotamia, to the south was Egypt, and to the east was Babylon. Therefore, travelers were constantly traveling through this area, which is exactly where the Lord wanted Abraham's family to be placed. Why do you think this was so? Why do you think he he place he would place them somewhere where there were no other inhabitants? Wait, why didn't the wait? Why hello? Why didn't he place them somewhere where there were no inhabit inhabitants? Consider how this exact land would help them bless the rest of Heavenly Father's children in those days. The Lord was placing them right in the middle of these large ancient civilizations. The Lord had said that through Abraham's seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Even with the blessings of the gospel. Oh boy. Flora is now feeding the shoe. Nope, this is Flora's food. Not the shoe mice. You gotta eat it. Okay, and then it says the Israelites had never seen the land that they had been promised. And so the Lord told Moses to select rulers from among each tribe and send them to spy out the land of Canaan. A group of men could go somewhat undetected and seem as regular travelers. They were to specifically look to see what the people were like within the land, if the people lived in buildings or in tents and what the land was like. Some spies. Okay, so verse 20. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin and Rehab as men come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came to came unto Hebron where a Ahiman, Shishai, and Tal. Talmai, Talmai, the children of Anak, Anak, were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt, and they came unto the brook of Eskol and cut down from the from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two upon a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. The place was called the brook. Eskol, because of the cluster of grapes, which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. So they got to stay there for, they got to scout stuff out for 40 days. Wouldn't it be nice to scout places out that you want to live or stuff 
like a vacation for 40 days. That'd be so nice. Okay, then, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and shewed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, we come unto the land whither thou sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak, Anak there. The, Am- the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, so there must have been like a big commotion, right? Because everybody was like, what? They're big. Um, <clears throat> seems like there's a lot of people there. They were strong. Okay. So then Caleb comes along and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which came from the giants. And we were in our own sights as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Okay, so some commentary, which we love. So they went up. And found grapes, pomegranates, and figs. And they took the grapes and were seeing and tasting the fruitfulness of the Lord. After 40 days, they returned and showed the fruit of the land and said, Surely it floweth with milk and honey. However, they saw that the people were strong and the cities were walled and very great. So although they returned with proof of the goodness of the land that God had promised them, they discouraged the people. Um, Okay, so they discouraged the people because of what? Because of comparison, right? They were comparing themselves to those people instead of comparing the Lord to those people, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to is do we compare ourselves to others? Um... You know, sometimes it's good to do that in a righteous way. Uh, I remember my friend told me that she has a spiritual crush, spiritual crush on people because she wishes that they were as spiritual or she wishes she could be as spiritual as they are. And I think that's healthy, you know, to, to hope that you are a disciple of Christ in a way that somebody else is. That I think that's a good, um, a good desire, right? Uh, And then, but the way that these people, the way the Israelites were comparing themselves um, was diminishing who they were, right? And and the Lord's never going to want to do that to us. He's never going to say that we're not enough. And he's never going to say that we can't accomplish something with him, right? He's always going to strengthen us. He's always going to 
provide for us, especially if he was the one that told us to go into that land in the first place. You know what I mean? Like, it, it would be different if you were, like, going into the land just because you felt like it. And you're trying to decide, like, should I, should I not, should I, should I not? And then, really, it comes down to, well, the Lord asked me to do this. And he's not going to, just like Nephi, he's not going to ask us to do something that he doesn't know that we can, that we are capable of doing. And so, when those people showed that comparison, that lack of faith, that doesn't help us, you know? We are believing that story that Satan is telling us, and that doesn't strengthen us, you know? And... And that's not, that, that shows weakness, right? Guys, there's moms. Mm. Okay, I got help Flora. Okay, and once you show that lack of faith, it is so hard to turn that story around. And you need to work at it to turn that story around. In fact, the Israelites need to take 40 years to turn that story around, you know? Like sometimes that story gets so stuck in your head you got to wait till your kids can can have the faith to do things without you because your faith was lacking, right? So um let's see it says so after 40 days they returned and showed them the fruit of the land and said uh oh hold on so then, then Caleb stepped forward, full of faith and courage, and said, Let us go at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. What a wonderful example he is to us. In a world full of doubters, be a Caleb. But the spies that had gone with him into the land disagreed and said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Their reasons were practical but reflected their lack of faith and understanding of how the lord could strengthen them and that the lord was capable of fulfilling his promises i mean hello they even got to see all the miracles of the lord like they were delivered from a entire like nation that kept them as slaves right like at least they have an advantage over the peop- over these new peeps they're not they're slaves already so that's kind of nice um Anyway, and then those men went among the Israelites and brought up an evil report and said how the men were giants and how the Israelites were like grasshoppers to them. Such a dramatic saying would spread fear throughout the entire Israelite nation. And that's what it did, you know, because they weren't able to... Thank you, miss. They weren't able to do... Um, it, it froze them, you know, in their tracks. It froze them in their ability to, to show that faith in the Lord. And I love Caleb and his optimism. You know, let's go. We can do this because he believed that the Lord could provide a way for him no matter what. Even if the other peeps are strong, even if the other peeps are trained, even if the other peeps are whatever, you know, whatever we compare ourselves to, the Lord, if he calls you to do it, he's going to be there for you and he's going to strengthen you and he's going to help you accomplish those things that are that we think are insurmountable. Um, So it's just like a really great, really great um, positive message. He would be kind of like a, uh, 
He'd be like a life coach, you know? He's like one of those life coaches back in the day, one of the originals where <laughs> he didn't need to be a prophet to get people excited and to, to tell people that they could accomplish hard things with the Lord, you know? But the majority ruled, and so they, they chose not to go in. So now we're on chapter 14 of Numbers, and we will read the summary. Oh, let's open that. Let's open it. Israel murmurs and speaks of returning to Egypt. Joshua and Caleb give good report of Canaan. Moses meditates between Israel and the Lord. The adults of Israel will not enter the promised land. The Lord slays the false spies by a plague. Some rebels try to go alone and are slain by the Amalekites and Canaanites. Wow. Well, there you have it. Just in that summary. Maybe I should only read summaries. (laughs) It'd be a shorter reading. Okay, it says, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. Like... You know, they'd been traveling this whole time. They've escaped um, Egypt and they've seen all the miracles. They thought that the Lord was going to deliver them to a, I don't know, a place that was already built up, like a, a new development, I would say, like a new new home development and that they wouldn't have to work hard and that nobody would be living there. <laughs> but like if nobody was living there, like then how would it get developed, right? So I guess... They cried, you know, they were sad. And like, sometimes that's what we, that's what, what happens to us where we go through this whole process of doing all kinds of stuff. And then we are met with another barrier. Something else stops us. And we're just like, oh man, honestly and seriously, like we got this now. And so, yeah, it takes time for them to get themselves back on track So it says, and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. Well, of course they would, you know, at this point. Now they're, now they're beyond like, we just did all that for nothing, you know? And the, cause now they've seen the promised land and now because they don't have the faith to keep going into the promised land that now they're, now they're blaming peeps, you know, now they're at the blaming stage. And the whole congregation, because they're victims, right? They're victims of this escape of Egypt, right? What? That's so crazy. They've been praying, praying for deliverance for forever. And now when deliverance comes, it doesn't come the way that they conveniently pictured it in their minds. And that's totally, that's totally like how we picture it too, you know? So wouldn't that be easy? Would God that... Okay, let's see. Uh, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt... Or would God, we had died in this wilderness. Well, if if God just wanted you to die in the wilderness, hello, he would have already killed you just like he killed all the other peeps that were being rebellious. <laughs> and number three, and wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should be prey. Where Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said, one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Okay, and verse 6, And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. (laughs) I can just picture them now. 
you tell them like, let's go in there. Cause they're like so excited. Yeah. They're saying like, let's go in there. And everybody's like, no, that's too scary. I can't go in there. And then they're like ripping their clothes off. Oh no, we want to go in there. You know, <laughs> it says, and they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel saying, so this is them talking to them now, big group. The land which we pass through to search it is, is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it, give it us and land, wait, a land which is flowing with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bread for us. Their defense is departed from them and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. Dude, they were so excited. They were like, we can do this. The Lord is going to help us. But they would not. And then they tried to stone them. Like, what? Just because people are excited about some, you don't need to stone them. You know, that's something that we struggle with here these days as well. Just because some peeps have and do hard things and are able to, I don't know, um, accomplish things that other people can't like instead of like supporting each other we want to tear them down and instead of thinking good thoughts we want to talk bad about them behind their back and you know it's just the worst you know or you're trying to tell them to stop being who they are which totally happened to me like why what no, let people do big things. Let people accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. With the Lord, they are capable of doing whatever they want. Like we need to leave them alone. If they are accomplishing something that you wished that you could have accomplished, well, guess what? Nothing's stopping you. Go get it. Go get the thing that you want to accomplish, right? And the, there's like this quote that like, if you don't allow yourself to work towards goals and worthy pursuits and things, you're not going to allow it in anyone else. And so you're going to become that bully, right? And you're going to become that mean person towards other people because you're not allowing yourself to organize yourself, to plan things and to do those things that are hard um, that you know that you're capable of doing with the Lord anyway. Like just stop messing and don't be a bully to other people. Just go and do your thing, you know? And so uh, don't stone people just because they want to be awesome and they are capable of doing things because they are willing to trust the Lord and you're not like too bad. You know, maybe you need to work on trusting the Lord. Hello, just one step at a time. Trust him with a small thing first. See if he comes through for you. You know, pray, reach out to him. Are you reading the scriptures? Like, if you're not even reading the scriptures, how's he going to show up in your life? How's he communicating to you? Okay. So are you going to the temple? Where do you think he's going to be? He's in the temple. So you need to be there. If you want his help, you need to go meet him where he's at. Right. And if you want, if you can't feel like you can hear him, okay, then how can you do that? How can you accomplish that? So I'm sorry. I'm really passionate about this and feel like it is the worst when people try and stone other people or put down other people because they are accomplishing big things 
and you wish you could be accomplishing big things, but you're not, then that's not something that you need to bully somebody else for. That's something that you need to work on yourself. That has nothing to do with other people. Okay, because you are in control of your actions. And if you're not satisfied with your actions, change them. Okay, um, number 11. And the Lord... Wait, sorry, there was a commentary. I remember. Okay, so look at the impact of the evil report that had on that it had on Israel. They were readily they were ready to turn around and go back to Egypt even after being delivered and literally walking through walls of water, even after seeing water come forth from a rock and manna come from heaven for them, even after seeing the Lord's glory upon the mount and then upon the tabernacle. They were now ready to leave it all learning that the promised land was full of strong men and was too much. It would be better to go back to Egypt. How willing they were to give up their freedom and give up their purpose as Abraham's descendants. Then Joshua and Caleb together spoke with words full of faith. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. The Lord is with us. Fear them not. But the people would not hear and in and instead they stoned them. How can we be Joshua and Caleb's in a world in the world today? How can we speak words full of faith when others are doubting, even if we are forced with danger? If the congregation had many Joshua's and Caleb's, imagine how different this would have been. But it wasn't. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones. So sad that they were being so mean to some brave men. Okay, and then let's see, number 11. The Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have showed among them? Yeah, it makes sense that Moses is like, What is wrong with these people? I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. (laughs) Or I guess this was the Lord (laughs) saying this to Moses. Yeah, for real. It makes sense that the Lord's a little bit disappointed in their actions. You know, he was probably thinking they were going to be excited. It's like when your parents are like trying to give you a present and you're like, your parents are so excited to give it to you. And they're like thinking you're going to love it so much. Like this is a surprise, you know, and you'd been begging for this present the whole time. But then you see that the present means you're going to have to work a little bit harder to get it. But in the end, it's going to be amazing that instead of being like so excited, you end up like complaining and being like, you know, what? I don't even want the present anymore. What? Like that doesn't even make sense. You know, it's like I thought we were just going to be able to do this and it was going to be so easy. But sometimes you got to work just a little bit harder for the things that you want that are worth it. Okay, um, plus they're going to value it more when they work hard, you know? When they fight for something, it's so much, so much more value. Okay, so verse 13, And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy, in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou the Lord, that thou the Lord art among this people, that thou the Lord art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them and that thou goest before them by day 
daytime in a pillar of a cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the f- which had heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which we which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of the mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. So, that is crazy. You know, like, Moses is trying to plead for them because he realizes they're in the wrong. And the Lord says that he is going to pardon or forgive the people for their action but he i mean again remember you can't escape the consequence like you can be forgiven but there's still going to be a consequence um of your actions you know you could say sorry for running over somebody's cat but the consequence of running over somebody's cat is that the cat is now dead so you can't like literally bring the cat back to life you know so there's still consequences towards your to the actions that you have so Maybe that was a bad example, but it, I feel like it was a good one. <laughs> all you cat lovers out there. Um, but as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord, because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. So let's see, verse 22. So verse, we have some commentary here. With Israel lacking faith and courage, how could they fulfill the mission that the Lord intended for them? The Lord said to Moses, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. So he was just like thinking, I'm just going to get rid of everybody. We're going to start over. So instead of Abraham's descendants, the Lord would continue his covenant through Moses. But meek Moses did not want this. Poor Moses, he's been working hard for these guys because he's always pleading for their forgiveness. And he's just like, you know, because he doesn't want to have had all his efforts be wasted either. So Moses did not want this, and he pled with the Lord to be long-suffering and pardon the iniquity of the people. Moses was pleading for the very people who just tried to stone him. That Moses, he's so nice. We're going to shove him over because he's a pushover. Notice in verse 20 that the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word, but the Joseph Smith translation footnote sends us to the appendix for the JST Exodus 32, 14. This helps clarify that the Lord meant by pardoning the Israelites and what is required for them to obtain that pardon. Okay, so it says right here. And the Lord said unto Moses, if they will repent of the evil which they have done, I will spare them and turn away my fierce wrath. But behold, thou shalt execute judgment upon all that will not repent oh hi of this evil there's the hubs um this day therefore see thou do this thing that i have commanded thee or i will execute all that which i had thought to do unto my people end quote but without the part that i added about the hubs (laughs) so So, yeah, that's pretty crazy. 
that Moses was just being so nice to them. Okay, we're, we're ending on, but we need to pick up at verse 23. Okay, actually, I'm going to say it like this. Don't be a bully to others because they have the courage to trust the Lord and his ability to enable them to do hard things. You need to go get that courage from the Lord. So don't be a bully because you don't have the courage to reach out to the Lord to accomplish those hard things in your life that you want to accomplish. Okay, now we're reading in Numbers chapter 20 or chapter 14 verse 23. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. And that makes total sense that the Lord doesn't want them to even see it or step in it or whatever. Because once the opportunity has been given and we look at the opportunity in the face and say, no, thanks, and yell and stone people for it, okay, um, why would the Lord want to allow us you know, to do that because I feel like we would probably, I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here about how I would act towards feeling towards, uh, not being able to go in, you know, like it might to a place I didn't even want to go, you know, it, it would benefit them. Like sometimes it's good for us to do those things because even when we don't want to, but to benefit the, the Lord was was giving them a consequence, but also I feel like we would have felt really bad going in there and being like, wow. And we probably wouldn't have even tried that hard to get to get the land, you know, because we would have been really like, fine, we'll go do it. It's like when your kids are like, we're going to go fine. We're going to go do it. But you're, you're already like, no, you don't even get that. Like, that's not like that's not even fair. No, you didn't think it was cool. You didn't think it was possible. So no, you don't get to go there anymore, you know? So it makes sense that that's what the Lord said. You know, we sometimes think he's a little bit harsh for doing, for doing that, not letting the people go in there and making them travel for 40 years waiting till people for people to die off you know like we're like oh yeah that's so hard but like we we forget that like as parents we're not just here to like give our kids everything we're here to teach them how to become better and to progress and if they're gonna be super negative and being mean to their siblings about it. And it's just, you know, it's like, nah, you know what? You don't get to, you don't get those blessings. So I think it makes total sense. But this part is pretty cool. He says, but my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit and I'm guessing Caleb and Joshua, you know, uh, with him and hath followed me fully. Him will I bring into the land. Where, where, where into he went and his seed shall possess it. Like what an amazing blessing, you know, just 
for having faith that the Lord could provide a way for them to go in there. He didn't even have to go in. Do you see this? He didn't have to go in, but he already was blessed with possession of the land. So like his family, good to go, you know? And if they died before they got, it's fine because they are going to, his posterity is going to possess it. Like how cool. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? right? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, as truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun. Good. Good. Yeah. Promise those things. You know what I mean? Like, like I love that the Lord's showing him like, look, I have put up with this mess from you guys for so long after I've done everything for you. So you know what? Y'all don't get to go in except Joshua and Caleb. Like, so perfect. <laughs> and I, I wonder if Moses is like, yeah, you know, but then like later somehow he doesn't feel, he doesn't feel like good enough to go in to the land, which I don't know. I, I'm excited to see like how it's worded in the scriptures, but maybe the Lord, maybe the Lord knew that Moses wasn't going to be able to go in either. So I don't know. I don't know. Okay. But your little ones, which he said should be a prey, them will I bring in and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness. That just sounds gross, you know? (laughs) Carcasses. And after the number of the days in which ye searched the land, even 40 days, each day for a year shall ye bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and ye shall know my breach of promise dude that's insane so yeah they were gone for for 40 days but now because they didn't trust it's a year for every day that those spies were gone I the Lord See, I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness, they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent in, sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him, 
by bringing up a slander upon the land. Even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not supposed to be laughing this bad. <laughs> but like, don't, you know, even if you are scared, once somebody, like, I feel like it makes sense, okay? Sometimes we're weak and sometimes we're like, it's scary, you know? But like, don't stone people. And the next thing is like, you know what? Yeah, we will go. You know, Caleb, Joshua, you know, you guys are some good guys. If you guys think we can do it, then I think I can have faith enough to do it. You know, like, let's do it that way. Right? Okay, but Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephune, Jephune, which were of the men that were to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we will be here, and we will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandments commandment of the Lord, but it shall not prosper. Okay, we're on verse 42. Okay. Go not, wait. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord will not be with you. See, now that makes sense. He would have been with you, but you don't even have faith in him. So how's he going to be with you? You know, like you can't even. So... He's not even trying to be mean. He's just say, stating a fact like you can't, if you don't trust me to help you, I'm not going to be able to help you. Um, it's, it's Remember, it's through our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that miracles can be brought to pass, not in our doubt in Jesus Christ, you know? Okay, um, but... Let's see, verse 44. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites, which dwelt in the hill, and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. Okay, see, so it seems like a group of people went, even though they weren't supposed to, you know? Maybe... It was like, fine, we'll go, you know? Maybe it's like those kids when they're like, fine, we'll do it. But it's like, that's not how we wanted you to go up to the place anyway. Um, and we wanted everybody to go up, not just some of you to go up. So maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Again, scriptural speculation. We don't know for sure what happened, okay? So that is the end of Numbers chapter 14. We're going to read some commentary about it. Okay, so we're reading just now the commentary for chapter 14 here, just finishing it up. Okay, the Lord would forgive them, but there was a great consequence uh, upon them. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, is what he said. And But Caleb and Joshua get to see, right? And instead, these Israelites shall wander in the wilderness for 40 years. 
This was a stern rebuke because they were only in the second year of their travels. <laughs> Snap. Here is a quote by President Hinckley where he relates this story to us in these latter days. Also, Sister Bonnie D. Parkin used this story from President Hinckley in a conference talk a year later when she explained that a young woman leader was struggling to help young women who with personal progress program as something exciting and positive. The young woman president was finding no direction until during general conference she heard President Hinckley tell the story of Caleb and Joshua. Then after... Quoting President Hinckley's story, Sister Parkin said, Sister Lacey was moved by this prophetic message and realized that personal progress is about vision. She said, I made a change and the results have astonished me. By changing my attitude and the way I was approaching per personal progress, it had an effect on the girls. Attitude, the spirit of President Hinckley's talk has been a blessing in my life. As you read this quote below, consider how to how it can inspire you to have a more faith-filled vision of whatever the Lord has placed in front of you. Okay, and the title is The Israelites Believe the Doubters. It's <laughs> like, remember, don't be a hater, don't be a doubter. Okay, so the story of Caleb and Joshua and the other spies of Israel has always intrigued me. Moses led the children of Israel into the wilderness in the second year of their wandering. He chose a, re a representative from each of the 12 tribes to search the land of Canaan and bring back a report concerning it, its resources and its people. Caleb represented the tribe of Judah, Joshua the tribe of Ephraim. The 12 of them went into the land of Canaan. They found it to be fruitful. They were gone 40 days. They brought back with them some of the first, first stripe grapes as evidence of the productivity of the land. So they came before Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel, and they said concerning the land of Canaan, Surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. But ten of the spies were victims of their own doubts and fears. I would, I'm just going to chime in there and say they were victims of the adversary's tactics, right? Because doubt and fear comes from one place, only one place. They gave a negative report of the numbers and stature of the Canaanites. They concluded that they are stronger than we. They compared themselves as grasshoppers to the giants they had seen in the land. They were the victims of their own timidity. The people were more willing to believe the 10 doubters than to believe to Caleb and Joshua. Then it was that the Lord declared that the children of Israel should wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the generation of those who had walked with doubt and fear should pass away. But Joshua and Caleb, which were the of the men oh, excuse me, that went to search the land, lived still. They were the only ones of that group who survived through those four decades and wandering and who had the privilege of entering the promised land concerning which they had reported in a positive manner. We, you know, we see some around us who are indifferent concerning the future of this work. We are apathetic, who speak of limitations, who express fears, who spend their time digging out and writing about what they regard to be weaknesses, which really are of no consequence. With doubt concerning its past, they have no vision concerning its future. The Lord never said that there would not be troubles. Our people have known afflictions of every sort as those who have opposed this work have come upon them. But faith has shown through all their sorrows. This work has con 
consistently moved forward and has never taken a backward step since the inception, since its inception, end quote. That was President Hinckley, President Gordon B. Hinckley, October 1995 General Conference. Ooh, that was when I was 15. Okay, um, I also want to add, like, okay, so Joshua and Caleb had to wander for 40 years. So they didn't die, but they had to wait around for other people to die. And, oh, excuse me. I was just thinking about that. Like, what if you were the ones that were totally excited about stuff. I am usually, <laughs> I, I of course would love to compare myself to, to Joshua and Caleb. Um, I'm usually like the one that is so excited to have like ideas and share them and other people aren't as positive and they think of all of those things, um, all the doubts that are going to happen. Like, um, I don't want to, you know, I love our bishopric and I love our ward council. So I'm not trying to throw them under the bus, but I get excited about having activities last minute. Like that's just my, I think the Lord bless me as, um, having last minute activities. And it's just like event, last minute events are, I guess, one of my skills, talents, whatever. And (laughs) gifts. And so anytime I bring up an activity idea, Everybody shoots it down because it's so close to the time. Now, I'm just going to tell you right now, I gave an idea for an Easter activity, which was like over three weeks out. So these people really like to prepare. And so I was just like, wait, I don't understand why we can't have this activity. You know, I was so excited, but like they were doubting. They didn't think it was possible. They thought all these things like who's going to make the food and how are we going to set it up and you know how are we going to get all the how we're going to get people excited and anyway so I get kind of excited about it and so then I'm sitting there with those feelings of like well I guess they said no and so then I'm the one feeling sad that we couldn't do it and like just thinking of Caleb and Joshua like how frustrating that must have been for them. Now, I don't know how they dealt with the frustration, okay? I'm guessing because they were awesome men and positive and always, you know, I'm guessing that they dealt with it in a really positive way and were very um, patient and loving and kind, you know. But for me, as you can see, I'm still sharing about this and (laughs) I'm still a little bit bitter. Not gonna lie. Like, how come we couldn't do that, you know? And... And I think that Joshua and Caleb would have had to deal with a lot of those same emotions, that frustration of knowing that you were the two willing to go in there, but everybody else didn't agree and didn't want to go in there. And while, yes, you're so grateful that you finally get to go in in 40 years, it's also like, what? We could have enjoyed this whole land this whole time. Like... (laughs) I'm guessing that the reward of getting in the land, they they were preserved to stay alive so that finally they could see how excited everyone would be about it when they got to go in. And they wouldn't get to say, I told you so, to all the peeps that died because they died and they weren't allowed to go in. But they would be able to see the joy and excitement and the blessing that it was to the Israelites who got to go in. And anyways, it's just just like a different kind of perspective to think like, you know, when you're 
the one willing to do stuff, then you and nobody else is, it is a little bit disheartening and like sad, you know, because I feel sad for Caleb and Joshua. Like that kind of sucks that they have to now hang out with all these people who are doubters when all they wanted to do was be obedient and go into the land and fight, you know, like, I don't know. It's just, I can feel their frustration and their sadness, but I know that they dealt with it in a better way than how I would have dealt with it. I would have, and maybe I would have been one of the peeps that's like, fine, I'm going in by myself, you know, but then like, of course you can't go in by yourself because the reason the Lord was going to deliver us was because we were going to have everybody with us. He obviously can't do it with you just by yourself. And that's why I couldn't just host my own activity because the Lord would not have made that successful for me because I am also supposed to learn something from uh, being, what is that word? From being united with my word council, you know, like... So, so that's what I need to learn, you know, maybe their lesson is that they need to learn to know that the Lord will provide a way. And my lesson is to learn that I can have patience when, as I'm waiting for, um, my brothers and sisters in their journey and in trusting the Lord, but also patience with or strength and unity, you know, like having that, like, okay, I guess we're not going to do it, but maybe next time we can, maybe this, at this time we can do something. Maybe we, maybe instead of planning that, we can plan this or, you know, something like that. Anyway. Okay. Um, moving right along this. So parents, this is a great story to see how many principles your family can find in this one story. Make a list together of all the lessons. The single story can teach them. Oh, that's powerful. That would be awesome. Okay. Uh, last commentary. When Moses told the Israelites, oh boy, of the Lord's decision, they mourned greatly. Then their lack of meekness caused them to take things into their own hands. And they said that they will go up unto the place which the Lord had promised. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is what I'm picturing the Israelites. <laughs> You know, when the little kids are like, no, 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 we didn't mean to. Ah, we didn't know that was going to be our consequence. Like the only reason they did, they were now uh, sad and wanting to take things into their own own hands was because they didn't realize what the consequence would be, right? Um, But they were doing it without the Lord, right? Because remember, the Lord was only going to be with them the first time. Like, no. And it cannot be done that way. We can't take the Lord's promises into our own hands, (laughs) So those who went to, to, to possess the land were smitten. Well, of course, remember, like you had to agree to do this all the first time. You can't just try and go do it yourself now. Like, sorry. (laughs) It's like, you know, when your parents are like, Hey, we're going to reward you. We're going to go to Disneyland Uh, or we're going to go to Disneyland if you guys can do all these things. And then you know, the kids aren't able to do those things. And then the consequences, well, you know, we ended up having to use that money to uh, finish the yard or f- put a fence up. So now we can't go to Disneyland for 20 years, you know. <laughs> you won't be able to go to Disneyland until you're an adult. And then the kids are like, what? No, we didn't know that was going to be. So why didn't you say that? <laughs> 
Oh man, I'm cracking up so hard because it's so true. That's so how we are. Like, we, oh, what? Yeah, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to be that consequence. Okay, fine. We'll go do it right now. We're going to go do it right now. And then they go and they die. Like, you, like, you know, you got to do it at the right time or you don't get the right blessings. Remember, exact obedience brings miracles. Obedience brings blessings. Exact obedience brings miracles. And they needed a miracle in order to conquer those giants, not just uh, a blessing, right? <laughs> so anyways, okay, uh, that is the end of this section. So thanks for showing up. You guys are amazing. And guess what? Today I get to go to my worth retreat with my worth sisters and I'm so excited and also nervous and stressed out and have anxiety and it's gonna be amazing so dad's helping out or dad's gonna be with the kids and Finn's gonna help out and Faust is gonna help out with Flora and it's just gonna be me missing everybody and also me having a great time so so that there's that Okay, anyways, I gotta go pack. I love you, and bye.